welcome. Thank you for joining Hashtag No Limits. Hashtag No Limits is about people who the world has put limits on and who have busted through those limits. I'm your host, Shelly Kino. And in, Oph in Hamlet, Ophelia says, those, oh my gosh, I am totally messing this up today. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Okay, so let me, let me try that again. Okay, start over. <laughs> okay. You got this. You got this. I believe in you. I don't know what's going on. This is like my 15th time doing this. I don't know why I'm so... <laughs> so confused this morning i think it's because it's 5 a.m to be perfectly honest okay Look, totally could be yeah. not even right. worried okay so here i am again all right hello and welcome and thank you for joining us today on hashtag no limits i'm your host shelly kino hashtag no limits is about people that society puts limits on and who have busted through those limits ophelia said in hamlet we know what we are but not who we may be I believe this to be true and that there is no better example of that than the caterpillar turning into the butterfly. The caterpillar, the caterpillar literally dissolves and its cells reform into a butterfly. As the butterfly emerges from the cocoon, it has to struggle in order for its wings to be strong enough to fly. Obviously, this is no easy process, but neither is breaking through limits that society has set upon a person. But just like the caterpillar, when we believe in ourselves, we can accomplish more than others might think. If we have a support system around us to encourage and facilitate our growth, even better. And that brings me to my guest today. I have been following him on Instagram for a couple of years now. He is providing a healthy support system for his clients in more than just the metaphorical way. Welcome, Michael, and thank you for joining me today on No Limits. Please introduce yourself and tell us how you support those society has placed limits upon in more than just a metaphorical way. Oh, my goodness. That's a big question to start with, isn't it? <laughs> um, <laughs> hey there, I'm, I'm Michael Adams. Uh, I look after a, a small company called Flying Kiwi Fitness. Uh, we look after a whole bunch of athletes with all abilities, um, everything from... Uh, helping uh young athletes with all abilities get up and out of wheelchairs and trying to walk uh all the way up to you know a special big powerlifting and gymnastics um and everything in between and all we like to do is make sure that everyone who attends our sessions enjoys themselves and sees the gym as uh something that is uh you know good for them something that they enjoy that really puts a smile on their face and our number one rule for Everything we do is as long as everyone leaves with a smile on their face, we've done the right thing because uh, it's as as most people know, uh, with people with special needs, it, it can very much be a marathon, not a sprint. So we want to make sure we're playing that long game. And uh, regardless of if they're seeing us or not, we want them to associate the gym and exercise with happiness. And if we can continue to associate that over time, uh, it really does yield really good results for um, you know, the 10, 20, 30 year plan when, you know, they may be living more independently and uh, trying to sort themselves out. And we want them to get to that position where they think, oh, I'm unhappy. You know what? Exercise used to make me feel happy. Let's try and do that. That's, I guess, the whole goal. And uh, look, we love to do it. We have a lot of fun doing so. That is wonderful. So now that you've spoken, 
my guests know that you are not from the United States. Um, everybody that <laughs> everyone that's been on so far has been from here in the United States. So um, we have a 16 hour time difference. And Ooh. so um, it is super early in the morning where I am and it is nice and late evening where you are. Yes. So um, thank you for joining me and, and coordinating that big time difference there. Um, Obviously, me living in the United States, I know a lot about the special education system here, but I apologize. I really know nothing about the special education system there in Australia. What is available to people who have different physical needs or who learn differently there in Australia? Uh, like, I'm not necessarily like the professional um in mm -hmm. in that kind of respect i do obviously a lot of stuff in the gym setting and i've looked after a, a little bit of stuff inside what's called a special school over mm -hmm. here so that's what um young people with special needs all abilities um attend uh, as they go through the school system so uh, there are plenty of parents that uh put their young ones through uh what's called like mainstream school so you're regular you know junior uh -huh. high whatever uh i think that's the american uh translation yep. uh yep. but they go through and go through the special school system uh you know everything from uh you know prep all the way up to grade 12 um which is like the end of high school here um and they can do that through the um special school system um i think there is a bit of dependence on what state they might be in so australia has multiple states mm -hmm. um and uh depending on that state will change up slightly i think how it functions um but yeah they are they're put through uh kind of that whole school system and and they're as supportive as they can be i've met plenty of teachers uh that obviously work in the special schools and they're all brilliant they they really love what they do um the bad eggs of teachers seem to be be very few and far between which is really really awesome to see yeah um and uh you know all the young guys and girls are all looked after very well uh but in terms of like the actual system they go through uh it seems to be like the regular school system but maybe put on their own kind of time frame so you know uh okay. whatever they're uh depending on ability levels and certain uh aspects so you know I, i'd say you know math english all that sort of stuff i'd say they get changed around slightly but it seems to be they all stay within their same kind of class majority so you don't have um you know from what i've seen from the local special school that brief bits i've had is that that whole class attends math english uh pe all together mm -hmm. but inside their own little class they might have slightly different tasks of what they need to do and they might work together to try and complete tasks um but each class will be classified on how their ability is and then they will kind of try and gauge as best they can through that so it's not as individualized as what it uh what we would love it to be but i i think it's still very much as as supportive as it can be with you know uh the small volume of um you know special needs students there are um amongst all those schools I've, I've got a lot more people that know a lot more about it than than i do but the brief kind of brush i've had with it i believe that's the you know uh, that's the system so all my friends that end up watching this can correct me if i'm wrong <laughs> um but yeah i believe that's roughly how it works and then after grade 12 um i believe they do have the chance to kind of go back and repeat their grade 12 so they can do it again until they kind of feel comfortable and then after they finished that there are a couple of programs like there's a great one in brisbane uh, called orca 
and it's uh, basically the post-school, not education necessarily. You can go to different education places, but it's more like um, job skills and and uh, they take you through teaching you how to write a resume and how to do a job interview and, and uh, you know, they teach you how to run a small shop. You know, some of the young ones I look after, they have uh, – um, they make like dog food and, and dog biscuits and, and things like that. And, you know, customers come to their, you know, little shop front at Orca and they'll, they'll pay for their stuff or they'll make an order and then it gets made to order. And then, and they're all a part of those different processes. So eventually, hopefully they can pop that on their resume and Hey, look, I have kind of done this. I understand okay. it. And hopefully that gives them that chance to go through the, you know, job system and, 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 you know, get them working. And, um, you know, it, it really does become a, you know, we always hope that, you know, work and, and, you know, contributing back to society really becomes a big part of their life as they grow up. Um, and, you know, that it helps to build that independence too. Yeah, that's yeah, wonderful. That's wonderful. That, sounds, that sounds fairly similar to what we have here in the United States as far as um, how their education goes throughout their kinder, what we call preschool or kindergarten all the way through year 12 and mm. um, how they, they may have uh, separate classes, or uh, they could just receive some extra help with the different subjects that they have qualified to get that help. And then, yeah, once they hit age 18, um, they have the opportunity to stay until the day before their 22nd birthday. And depending oh, on... wow, okay. Yeah. So depending on um, what needs they have, anytime after they would graduate what we call high school, um, around, like I said, the age of 18, then yeah. <clears throat> they have um, the ability to stay as, like I said, up until that day before, or if they just want to stay an extra year. Um, however, it's determined by the family and their, um, what we call their IEP, their Individualized Education Program team, which is the school staff, their family, any therapists that they mm. might have within the school system. So it, yeah. it's, it, it sounds kind of the same. So what are the ages of the clients that you are taking care of? Um, almost everyone I look after is over the age of 18. So right. all of them have left school. I, I do have a few uh, in between that are, um, uh, that are kind of, you know, the maybe tw 12 or 14 and, and, you know, they, they're still going through the school system and stuff. There have been a few uh, inside the company that have, I'll move back because that seems to have zoomed us in. There we go. Uh, there seems <laughs> to be, you can still hear me? Good? Yeah. Yep, you're good. Um, there seems to still be a few um, that they, uh, they come to the gym program and things like that because they're learning online. So okay. they actually learn at home uh, because of, you know, it might be behavior or it might be, you know, uh, social anxiety, things like that. Uh, but they learn online and so they kind of have during the day quite free so they come and see us during the day um but my original business or my original class i kind of looked after it was a whole bunch of grade 12 athletes um well they weren't athletes they were just students back then and they wanted to just the teacher janine hussey uh so one of the grade 12 teachers at astley special school uh she bought them she came down to the gym and, and asked if she could have someone to help teach them what the gym was all about and uh, I ended up being that dude and I helped them out a little bit and it was a great time. And uh, that was kind of where my first basis of clientele, I guess, came from after, you know, kind of looking after them for a wee bit in a group capacity, started doing the one-to-one -one stuff uh, or two-to-one first then one-to-one. -one. But because of that, it's kind of their peer group as they've grown up, 
they've all kind of chatted amongst each other and they all see each other doing the gym thing and they all kind of join in. So I have a lot more of the school leavers and, and the kind of, you know, 19 to 27 kind of range. Uh, and then uh, my, uh, my other team member, Sam, uh, seems to have a, a lot more of the younger ones. You know, he's got a few more of the school leavers and some that are still in school um, because I've kind of filled up my time spots and he takes all the, all the overflows that he has about, uh, yeah, 10 to 15 athletes. He looks after himself and then I look after, um, you know, everyone else I've got. So uh, and our program, uh, Strong Hearts program, which is kind of the group, uh, runs on a Monday and Thursday, but it's nine o'clock to one o'clock. So you can't really attend if you're, still in school so it just right. ends up being that we have a lot more school leavers you know so that 18 plus kind of category comes in but it just depends on what everyone wants um and and you know what they what they want to achieve um we do have a lot of people under the age of 12 to actually inquire or their parents inquire obviously for them unfortunately we can't take them inside the gym environment uh that's not allowed kind of inside australia unless it's a uh, it's a, there's like a parental thing that kind of has to happen because of growth stunting and all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we forward them onto exercise physiologists or someone else that kind of specializes in that stuff, or they can just do group play and they can do that amongst a couple of different providers. So um, for our specific clientele, it's kind of the 18 plus just because we've really captured that kind of school lever. Um, there we go. Like we kind of captured the school leavers over the past few years. I mean, that was back in 2015. I had that first class. So, you know, it's been a while. Um, one of the girls actually celebrated her 25th birthday today. So that oh. was really cool. it's Emily's birthday. So happy birthday, Emily. <laughs> happy birthday, Emily. That's wonderful. Yeah. Um, so how many people do you have? Um, well, actually, let me back up a second. So the gym that you run um, here in the United States, when I think of a gym, um, you know, it's it's a bunch of exercise equipment and you can hire a personal trainer to help you kind of get yourself figured out as to what equipment you want to use and how much if you're going to use weights, how much you should start with and um, all of that sort of thing. So it, um, in your situation, is that the same or is yours specifically for um, people that come in and they have already hired you as a personal trainer? I guess it's a bit of both. Um, so we we are in a big gym. So um, we're at Good Life Chermside is where our base of operations is. So we have uh, an indoor sports center nearby that we use for our Strong Hearts program. So, you know, the big nets and the hoops and the goals and stuff. Um, and then our one-to-one coaching that we do do, uh, Sam and I, uh, is held out of what's called Good Life, uh, Good Life Health Clubs. And they are a major mainstream gym. They are the biggest gym chain in Australia. So uh, I think we we have 24 personal trainers and about five and a half thousand members. So wow. it's a, yeah, it's a large gym. It's a very large gym. Um, and just equipment everywhere and, and, and people everywhere. It's, it's, it's quite a happening place. Um, however, uh, as you can imagine, the majority of people attend the gym before they start work at nine and after they finish work at 4.30, five o'clock, something like that. Um, and so during the day, it's rather dead, uh, except for kind of uh, the, the mums and bubs kind of session, 9.30 till 11. Um, and so Sam and I are really lucky because as PTs, generally we don't start early because none of our athletes want to start early. And we right. don't finish late because everyone wants to be home for dinner. Right. So like, I'm really lucky as a PT, I don't start before 9 a.m. And I 
think only once a week I work up till 6.30 p.m. And the remainder of the time I'm, it's, yeah, it's really, really good. That's because none of the athletes want to get up at 5 a.m. as you have. Uh, <laughs> they're sleeping. And so I'm very, very lucky. Um, but yeah, so we operate inside the big gym and we kind of mostly operate inside the dead times. Okay. Um, there's still a lot of people in the gym, but compared to the peak time, there's, uh, there's, there's barely anything. And, um, yeah, they all attend the gym and, and, you know, it's a publicly used gym, you know, there's lots of, uh, people coming in and out and, and, you know, uh, we could have anyone walk through the door that has a membership. So, you know, I think at first it can be very intimidating um for a lot of them uh but i think it builds a sense of self-confidence and, and it's kind of that adventure part of the gym is hey look you're going to run into people you don't know so it, i think it kind of serves as a good um uh a good solution to teach them uh you know less anxiety when out in public and things like that especially when they start associating the gym with happiness and achievement okay. that you know like hey maybe if i'm out in public and you know it's maybe not so bad because they're now associating that public stuff with, with good feeling. Um, and the second part of your question, like generally speaking, if they are coming to our gym, um, they've usually already hired me. So um, they will kind of approach us on social media or, or via our website or, uh, you know, whatever the case. And they get, or you, a lot of the time it's also from just, you know, referrals and uh and then they check out our social media and then can contact via there so it's kind of hard to gauge how much it is but they've generally gotten to the gym with the intention to train with our brand so we're very lucky in that respect that uh, our brand is kind of um we don't really do advertising we just kind of post everything we do and that's what is kind of you know building the clientele so they 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 find us and approach us rather than us have to go out and prospect for it anymore, which is quite nice. So I hope that kind of answers the. Yeah, it does. It does. So, um, I mean, it's, it's a good idea, like I said, for, for anybody, you know, who goes to a gym to have a personal trainer, but why is it even more important for someone with um, say down syndrome or um, just really any kind of physical disability, like the, the clientele that you have to have somebody to really explain to them how to stand like in your powerlifting team and how to hold the bar and how to do the actual lift. Why is that so important for people with disabilities compared to a person without a physical disability? Um, I, I personally believe, I think everyone should attend the gym. Um, and, uh, there's kind of an analogy I sort of use that I heard a really long time ago um, that I guess kind of still holds true. I mean, uh, you know, anyone with, you know, uh, some sort of physical disability, obviously, you know, they they face troubles, you know, and, and it can be very difficult to access general day-to-day -day life. Um, and so in order to, you know, I, I guess do so, oh, I'll move this way. There we go. Um, <laughs> in order to kind of do so, um, you know, they really have to exert themselves. Sometimes it can be a very difficult task that they have to undertake and, and it can be really difficult for them to um, get through um, those sorts of things. And so I think attending the gym, um, you know, kind of puts them through that little bit of, you know, tough going and things like that to come out on the other side, like they've achieved something. And so I think it kind of builds like a mental fortitude almost and, and a self-confidence, you know, um, as some of the guys 
may not understand, you know, like, oh, you lifted 50 kilos, now you lifted 55. You know, oh, you've had a 10% increase in how much you can lift and blah, 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 blah. Man, they don't care about percentages. They don't care about that. You know what they do understand is bar is now bigger and bigger is good. Yeah. Hey, happy. That That's all we need. You know, right. as long as there's some sort of correlation there with you are getting better, you are achieving and you are doing really, really well and we're really proud of you, that positive reinforcement just kind of, you know, really, really moves on them. You know what I mean? And I think yeah. like the analogy um, I kind of use is um, is if you've got a, uh, a Rolls Royce, you know, a huge luxurious car, the thing would be, a, you know, a V8 or a V12 engine, this massive, massive engine. And all it does usually is just coast along at, you know, you know 30 miles an hour I, I guess or you know 60 k's an hour here yeah um and you know it just it just coasts along why does it have such a big engine it's not because it's going to go out racing it's actually just so that it's general tasks that it does do the revs aren't redlining they're just coasting right. so regular day-to-day -day life becomes easier if you know emily uh can uh deadlift 110 kilos awesome but in her day-to-day -day life when she just needs to pick up a bag of shopping she's not redlining she is just cruising through life is easy the the stuff she faces is quite easy for her body to get through and so you know we have a, a lot of guys and girls with you know physical impairments and and you know they need to work on their body to make sure that they can you know when something comes up they can they can do it or they feel self-confident enough to give it a go or they've lifted big heavy things before so this seems like nothing and they can they can give it a good oomph and and you know we teach them a good posture to do so um and uh hopefully from there they can be as you know as strong and as safe as possible in their day-to-day -day life um you know moving forward and always trying to improve to be better so you know we want them to have the Rolls Royce of a body in whatever capacity that is. We want them to, you know, be able to do everything without it even being a struggle. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. That's a fabulous analogy. I really like how you, you put that there. Um, and yeah, so often um, it is so much more difficult for them, like you said, just to, to do those daily tasks um, because of the different muscles that are needing to be used and that, the, not only the, the mental ability as well to just have that desire to not give up. Um, mm. So you had mentioned a little bit ago that you've had some clients that um, have been in wheelchairs and you've helped them get up and walk and um, just the, the deadlifting and things like that. So, and I didn't ask you this ahead of time. So um, this is one of, those okay. th some of those things where I said, I might just kind of go off, off topic. Um, not even worried, go for it what to you has been the biggest change in a person from when they first came into your gym till today or until they left, maybe they're not there anymore. Hmm. Oh, that's so rough. I don't like playing favorites. <laughs> um... It's not playing favorites. It's just the, the biggest I don't know if accomplishment is the right word, but the biggest growth or the most growth mm. in their ability. Maybe if I put it that way, then it's not like yeah, yeah, I, I get you, I get you. 
Um, I I think there's been a couple. There's definitely been a couple. Um, we have one athlete uh, who uh, has gone through a big change uh, when he was, you know, when he was young. Um, he was just your, uh, you know, regular, you know, middle schooler. Um, unfortunately, he had an accident uh, while, you know, doing a hobby one day mm-hmm. and uh, basically went through a brain injury. Um, I believe brain surgery, that sort of stuff. And now he's, he's uh, basically got like a semi paralysis down one side of his body. And, um, you know, when he first started with us, he just kind of enjoyed walking. Um, didn't really lift that much weight, liked the idea of, of lifting weights, but never really did it. And, um, and, you know, we started getting him to lift weights and he's got a bunch of support because this is not just me. This is a, this is many, many people helping out, but, you know, he has a physio and a, um, you know, a physio and a, uh, um, hypertonicity, uh, professional and, um, you know, multiple people around him and, um, you know, now, um, you know, I, I can give him a, a six or seven kilo jumbo ball and he will march. I mean, I can, I can say it's Billy, like this is just common knowledge. Um, but, you know, I can give him a six or seven kilo ball and he will march on like eight or 9% incline on a treadmill, stomping away with, you know, his AFO on one side and his, his you know, fully functioning leg on the other side. He'll finish that after one minute, leave that, jump on the Stairmaster. You try doing the Stairmaster with only one properly functioning leg and the other side is in an AFO and doesn't get as much hip movement. He has to swing himself up and things like that. And he will go five rounds of that. He plays touch footy with one of our other guys, uh, uh, Liam. He's got LST support services. He runs a touch footy little camp. And he, he was taking him to actual touch footy games and he was joining in and he's trying to run and he's playing passes and stuff because he loves rugby. He loves the NRL over here is huge. Um, and, uh, you know, he loves that sort of stuff. You know, the current goal is, uh, is now to get him to hike the Kokoda trail, which is, uh, I don't, I don't know if you guys know the Kokoda yeah. trail. over. There. I don't, maybe my guests would, I mean, my that, viewers would. that's okay. Yeah. It's, um, basically, uh, what's the best way to put it? It's a, uh, it's a 60 mile one week hike. Um, oh my god! Through, through bushland and Papua New Guinea, uh, I think it's Papua New Guinea. Um, yeah, and we're talking overland. We're talking hills. We're talking rivers. We're talking yeah. And you go through with your own pack. And uh, this determined little bugger uh, wants to do that. So oh, wow. that's that's pretty cool. Um, and and he works hard. He he gets his stomp on. He'll go a five ten k walk around his house and around through. He's lucky. He's kind of got bushland near him and stuff. And mm-hmm. and you know he loves going out for them every day. And, oh, you know what's your steps at? He challenges me every day. I always <laughs> bloody lose because he's always just he, he'll arrive at the um he'll arrive at the the gym and he'll just be cutting laps. You know he comes to wherever and he's just walking and he's stepping on the spot and he doesn't stop. He's he's a madman. Oh, that's fabulous. And, and we love it, you know. Yeah. Um, it's not to say he didn't have it in him beforehand, but I guess like the biggest physical change, you know, you see the size of his arm now. You know, he, he trains hard. He's got a nice chunky pick shoulder. 
bicep, you know, um, you know, his legs nice and, you know, it's, it's firm. It's, it, it can really, t- he can go for walks and walks and doesn't fatigue out. You know what I mean? Um, he can hoist some solid weight now. He can just stomp for ages, you know, uh, the, the change and all that. And even in his balance is being able to extend his other side. It's all, you know, it's all a great change. We really, really love to see him do it. You know, it's it's really cool. He'd probably be the biggest change. There have been a couple of others, you know, that have just been glued to their wheelchairs and they never want to get out. We kind of get them up and moving a little bit, you know, if they've got cerebral palsy or if they've got whatever and we manage to get them walking without any sort of aid. Look, that's amazing. You know, it's building that self-confidence. But unfortunately, not all of them have stayed with us for as long, be it for funding reasons or moving or whatever the case, Um, you know. But, um, you know, Big Bilbo has been just stomping away this whole time i've been looking after him since two, 2017 maybe 20 maybe early 2018 um and and yeah little bastard doesn't stop he just, <laughs> he's he's awesome we we all love him to absolute death he is a great dude and he just wants to be your mate you know he, he just loves being just one of the lads has issues, you know, difficulties talking and stuff like that, like communicating, you know, like if you've been around him a while, you can kind of pick up what he's saying or who he's referencing, you know, like he talks about, you know, uh, Liam Sui, one of the support workers, you know, if you, you know, oh, who's talking about? He goes, Liam. And you go, oh, who? And he goes, short, <laughs> short guys, Liam. And he's like, oh, you know, uh, there was a funny story of he was home and uh, his mum was home as well. And one of the other support workers, Hayden, had just shown up and, and he goes, um, you know, uh, yelled out as well. It's like, mom. And she goes, yeah, what? And Billy looked down at him and goes, Hayden. And mom didn't quite pick up because she was doing something else from what he was saying. And Hayden. And she goes, what? And he just looked at her square and just goes, bald. And she went, oh, Hayden's here. <laughs> so, like, he's got his own language, you know. Right, and, right. and you know, you start understanding it after a while. And, you know, there's... um. You know, so he's probably lead the the biggest change, and he's he's brought out a big change in me as well. You know, um, just you know, I've got no excuse to not be fit myself. <laughs> like I got, I got nothing. Oh, I'm busy. Yeah, no, nah, that doesn't fly. Yeah, you know, this yeah. guy functions on essentially one side of his body, and he just achieves so much. I can't, I can't pull any cards here. He's he's got me beat. I've got to just work at it. You know, yeah, yeah. Don't don't face him at an arm wrestle. <laughs> it will cripple you it's it's crazy he's that one arm is so dominant it's and it's left too it's his left arm that he's got really dominant so everyone comes in you know they think oh right hand and they go nah 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 left side yeah and and yeah he crushes everyone i haven't seen him lose an arm wrestle yet so wow yeah. that's awesome that's, that's a great that's story cool. and i love that you mentioned that you have changed your perspective about yourself, because that is very similar to my own experience. When um, I started off in education in thinking about being an educator, I was going to go into general education and had this little voice that would say to me, you know, yeah, you should try special education. And, eh, no, I, I don't, I don't think I can, I can work with them. I, I don't think I would hold them accountable enough. I would feel too sorry for them. And I had this just very bizarre idea of what it would be like to work with special education students. And then as I grew up and went through the rest of my schooling and did my college years, I I kept getting myself into situations, or actually I say the Lord put me in those situations so that 
I didn't realize I was working with those kids and I started to change and was changed by everyone that I worked with and just absolutely fell in love with working with the population that learns differently. I like to refer to them as learns differently um, or has unique abilities because I don't, I don't like the word disability because it makes it sound like they can't do certain things and hmm. maybe they can't to the same extent, but typically the, the people that I've always worked with at least have been able to do pretty much whatever they've put their minds to, to some level. Um, and so when I talk about learns differently, I just wanted to explain that what I was taught, how, no, what I was meaning. So, um, so is there anyone that you have ever had to turn away because um, you there for whatever it was, you just weren't going to be able to help them? Not because you had a full schedule, but because their their ability um, was not not really. Um, I mean, we've had uh, probably three that have had to leave for behavioral reasons. Um, I've unfortunately had chairs thrown at me. I've, I've, I've been punched square in the nose. Uh, that one sucked. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that, that didn't go on. And I had another one, you know, grabbing me by the scruff of the neck, not, not out of anger, but out of like a, like a anxiety, like a, it was a really, um, really different situation. It was more of a, he was finding it so difficult to express himself in communication and, um, you know, could just couldn't speak whatsoever. And it was just kind of grunts and, and things. And, and, uh, you know, uh, the poor guy was, you know, 16, 17. So I think there was also the, um, you know, the, uh, sexual development side that he couldn't explain how he felt and things around him were more difficult and he'd want to just grab and, and hold on to, you know, he, you know, like mom and dad would say, you know, giving him a hug calms him so much, but we can't have the average person hug him because he doesn't know where boundaries are and, and that right. sort of thing. It becomes really, really difficult, but it's almost the, um, that exchange of not, of, of trying to go for safety, mm-hmm. which unfortunately safety comes above all else um, at the expense of, of that safety uh, would be the only time that he could probably actually exert himself to feel comfortable to actually get through that development, you know? Yeah. So it's that catch 22 of it doesn't matter which way you take it. It's going to be difficult. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, so, uh, you know, I've had a couple of, you know, that was one particular issue. And then I've had a couple of others that have just had, you know, uh, the behavior that they just, you know, if I had them inside a gym environment, I just, I couldn't hold them there, you know, um, yeah. for fear of, you know, uh, they, I can't have them running around grabbing other members of the gym. They're, they've got a membership there. They, they've got nothing to do with what we do. Right. You know, and right. So in those cases, we've tried forwarding them onto other gyms that purely specialize in doing that, which there are a couple around. Um, and we'll try and forward them on. You know, I'm, uh, look, I, I get paid well. I, I do fine for myself, but I'm not here to take anyone's money. If I think someone could be serviced somewhere else, I will happily forward them on. I, I have no qualms with that. If I think you're going to be looked after better somewhere else, I will send you there with no qualm, with my absolute blessing. I'm I'm just a human helping other humans. I'm not here for a paycheck, right? You know, and I think, but I think because of that, I, I've probably had some of the success I have had is because I genuinely love what I do, and I, I man, I I've got the best job in the world, right? But 
um, I think forwarding on clientele where needed, it's just a, it seems just like basic business to me because it just, it always swings in roundabouts. Someone else, somewhere else forwards me someone and, and you know, we're away. Um, so, uh, yeah, you know, I've, I've turned away a couple out of, out of behavior, but, um, we always try and get everyone moving in whatever capacity, if they're approaching us, generally speaking, they've already made that decision that they want to do something and we will do that something with them, you know, Um, whatever it is. Yeah. So, um, worldwide pandemic known as coronavirus, how has that affected you or has that affected you with your work? Um, yes, very much so. Um, I'm a pretty hands-on dude, not, you know, um, not anything, uh, like, um, it's not like it's anything that makes it difficult. It's more that, for example, if I've got someone lifting a barbell, I kind of have to be in your face to make sure that said barbell doesn't crush you. Mm-hmm. That's kind of my job. And so right. it makes things very difficult, you know, like, you know, we were at the gym for a while there, you know, we have to have a, a mask on or whatever the case. Um, but, you know, doing the face-to-face stuff, especially considering our clientele um, have a lower immune system. The average, you know, person with, you know, uh, special needs has a lowered immune system, you know, Down syndrome, autism, all that sort of stuff. They generally haven't had the same exposure to, uh, you know, to the average outside world as what we have. And so their immune system has not grown as much. And so they caught COVID, they unfortunately would have a really rough time fighting it. You know what I mean? And so I think um, because of that, it it kind of extended out how long we had to be in a lockdown. But uh, yeah, we uh, basically took everything like this. Um, for about 11 weeks straight, I was sitting in front of my computer for anywhere from seven to 10 hours a day. And I was tuning into, um, you know, all of my clients' lounge rooms and, you know, we'd get them, we'd get them to fill like one liter water bottles and they'd kind of be their dumbbell or they'd be holding a pillow over their head and doing overhead extensions, or they'd be, um, you know, sitting down, standing up to a chair with hands on chest or hands on head, or depending on what their movements were like and doing rows, you know, we had uh, young Cooper had a uh, d- dynamo uh, uh, washing detergent and it was like a six kilo thing. And she's doing deadlifts in the middle of her lounge room with, you know, that and we just had to get them moving however we could. Yeah. You know? um, unfortunately that was just, you know, what we had to deal with. And so uh, we just dealt um you know and, and did whatever we can by zoom and um should have bought stocks in zoom obviously because like, <laughs> everybody I'm should have <laughs> i was using it about an hour before this um you know it was uh it's been crazy but you know so lucky that technology has allowed us to do so um and uh every day at 10 o'clock in the morning uh monday through friday i would tune in for what we call the flying kiwi dance party and basically we uh, had everyone tune into Zoom at 10 o'clock. We said hi to everyone and all that sort of thing. We did a little warm up where we listened to uh, Escape, uh, you know, the Pina Colada song. And we'd all be doing stretches and all that sort of stuff. And then uh, we went around the whole screen. Everyone that had tuned in for the session that day would uh, pick three things for Simon Says. And then they would get to pick a song that we'd dance to. So they might do, oh, do some squats or do this or do that. And then, you know, spin around in circles. And then we had to, you know, then we'd boogie for a minute to whatever this song was, change person, have some water, keep going. Um, and then, you know, I'd do things like, you know, we'd, uh, all right, guys, we're going to have a race. Um, whoever can run out to their letterbox and tag their letterbox and come back fastest wins. And three, two, one, go. And, and you watch the whole screen go, 
<laughs> and you hear mom and dad in the background like where are you going and they're all like ah. uh, but we just had to do whatever we could get them moving get them out their chair because some of them were loving just having 12 hours of ipad time if they could oh i bet so it was a it was a rough time but yeah as i say we did whatever we could um but we had them all moving as as best we could online and uh once we could go back i i kind of stayed away from the good life um gym because they had so many people in there they could have upwards of i think they capped out at a hundred people at a time in the gym and then it came and then we went into lockdown and then when it came back up it was like 50 people at a time i think and i really wasn't liking that idea uh so i went to another gym nearby a strength sanctuary actually from my house i could probably almost throw something on the roof um it's very very close to here um and uh we used there it was a private gym so oh not private it was a you know it was a commercial gym that you could have a membership to only had a membership base of like 120 in total so good life being five and a half thousand versus 120 so there was only you know 20 people in the gym absolute max during like peak time during the day it was almost just myself and one of the other coaches that used to train um, at Good Life as well, he was there at the same time because we didn't want to do the whole, you know, big scale thing over at the other gym at Good Life. So um, so between the two of us and, and uh, oh, sorry, there was probably three. Um, there'd only be six people in the gym plus one support worker that would come with their client. And that was it, you know. Wow. So we just trained at the smallest, you know, crowd possible and kept our distance from everyone else and we're cleaning equipment as we went and, uh, that was kind of for maybe six weeks, I think. And then we finally went back to good life uh, when more restrictions had had eased. Um, it was a roller coaster for sure. And I still had some clients asking to for me to run the dance sessions online because they just enjoyed them. I think they just enjoyed me looking like a silly bugger online for an hour a day because, um, you know, I just look, it was fun. I, right. I did enjoy it. Um, but I enjoy the face-to-face yeah, much, much more. Yeah. Well, that's, that's wonderful. I mean, that's, that's amazing thinking outside the box as to, you know, how you, what you could get them to get to do and doing, you know, using equipment, so to speak, that they had in mm. their own homes and whatnot. Um, I think exercise is one of the easiest things to figure out how to do anywhere. Um, because they're, you know, I mean, like you said, you just pick up water bottles, you pick up pillows, you, um, mm. you know, laundry detergent, soup cans, whatever. I mean, there, you know, yeah. any, anything can become a weight. Um, so the easiest thing you can do, the hardest thing to start doing. Yeah, probably. I would agree. Aside from cleaning my room, that would probably <laughs> be the hardest thing to start doing. You can ask my partner and she'll, she'll let you know. <laughs> or Justine. She had to live with me for uh, uh, 12 or 13 weeks over the lockdown. Oh, really? Yeah. So, yeah, shared a room and, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm in there doing my Zoom sessions and, and then I'd be outside and 10 o'clock every morning I'd be out there stretching <laughs> and singing and, and everything and she's trying to do work on her iPad and all she can hear is me singing a Wiggle song, you know. So. <laughs> oh, oh, I love the Wiggles. You love my- the Wiggles? Yes. My daughter is, is too old for them now, but when she was little, we had wiggles. Oh, I just thought they were great. And I, I still, um, substitute in some of the schools around here, even while doing my own business now. And I was in a, um, a three and four year old classroom a while back 
And I was so excited because I got to put the wiggles on and they just looked at me like, <laughs> who are these people? It's like, oh, you've never heard of the wiggles. <laughs> <laughs> Have you, um, uh, do you listen to the old school wiggles or the new school wiggles? Probably the old school ones. Probably um, old school. Old yeah, Greg like, and Murray and uh, yes, that, you know, yeah, that's Wake that. Up Biff and yes. Yeah. Captain Classic. Captain Wigglesworth is that his captain? Oh, ca- Captain Feathersword! Don't be silly. Ah, yeah. Come on. <laughs> yeah, and Henry the Octopus, and yes. uh, yeah, all, all the friends. Yeah, Wags yeah. the dog. Um, yeah. How old's your daughter? Well, now she's twenty-one. So okay, yeah. So she was part of my generation of of learning all the wiggles. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you had the old school guys, Greg, and yeah. 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 Uh, we uh, we held a formal on the weekend. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I'm actually really curious to see how many of my followers actually watch this or how many of my, um, you know, uh, support workers that I kind of work alongside listen to this because we actually tried getting Greg Page, the, the original Yellow Wiggle, to come in and be our guest speaker yeah. at our formal on the weekend. But unfortunately, no one ever got back to us. I think he unfortunately, he had a heart attack earlier this oh. year um, oh. you know, on, on stage. Um, he was performing. Oh, uh, so no. that was all good. Um, so the poor guy. So I think he's kind of stepped away a little bit from that, and he's doing things like you know uh, life support coaching and mm-hmm. uh, sorry life support like um, training and you know uh, what's it called uh, AED training in other zappers, the R and stuff. So I think he's become a big advocate of that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we actually tried getting yeah the yellow wiggle to come into the formal. That would have been awesome, but yeah, unfortunately, yeah, I, I believe he lives in Sydney too, which is about. Uh, 12 hour drive from here so it's like an hour and a bit flight so uh it would have been would have been hard for him to make it we would have covered yeah. all expenses but yeah we just heard nothing back so next oh. year if you're the support <laughs> worker knowing us you can you can know that little bit of info we're trying to get him for next year so yeah i was looking at the some of the videos that you had posted on instagram from the formal and you cleaned up very nicely and so oh, did Everybody that you had on the video, um, I saw several of the members from the club there that um, you had shown on video. And um, actually, I think um, if you don't mind, I'd like to show just a couple pictures from your. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, yeah, they're Um, all over social. Not even worried. Yeah, I don't have. um, Let me make sure I get the right one. Yeah, so I don't have any of your Facebook things, but I do have. Oh, this um, is a cool system. Oh, you got our Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um we just posted that one. So if you yeah, if you let that run for about 20 seconds. There you go. So you can see. It looks amazing. Well, yeah, I was we were super lucky to pull it off for sure. Um the uh, lady that was in the black dress just in the front there. Oh, you can see the videos up there that we're playing and stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. The young, uh, the young woman that was in the black dress just earlier on that video uh, is Sammy, my assistant, and she was just instrumental in running the whole thing. There's my grand. Hey, grand. <laughs> she came along too. That was lovely. Now, uh, is, is the, are you able to hear the video at no, all? No, I can't no. hear anything, okay. unfortunately. That's all right. I know exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> I love my grand, so that's okay. Yeah. So, so 
Who are these three people? Well, obviously you're in the middle. Who are the two on the outside? Liam is short. He's that guy. So that's the one that's, yeah, the one that's uh, on the left there. Uh And uh, the one in the tie is uh, Sam. So he is the other coach. Um, The other coach we have for uh, all of the athletes. Okay. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, he's a he's a pretty cool dude. I'm just going to take a photo of this. There we go. He's going to love seeing that he he made it on this because he is a shy guy. It's pretty funny. <laughs> um, yeah, that's Sam. So, All great. Right. Well, so, speaking of the shy boy or shy guy, that was um, – so what is this yeah, award that you're handing out? So, uh, every one of our athletes received an award. So, every one of our athletes, we wanted to make sure – but like – the, the preface of this is uh, Sam and I, we, I wanted to kind of do an awards thing and Sam and I got chatting. Yeah, it'd be nice to do awards. And uh, him and I were both hyped up on a bit of caffeine one day, <laughs> ready to go train. And I was like, dude, like, why don't we have a formal? And he was like, yeah. And uh, the whole basis of that was basically all of the athletes that we look after, they don't get to do anything um, once they finish school. You know, they get their formal in grade 12 or your, uh, is it a call to, ball or a homecoming prom prom Mm -hmm. yes you guys get a prom so uh all our guys get their prom in grade 12 and then after that they don't really get anything that's kind of based around them right they don't you know unless they get invited to a wedding or something they kind of get to dress up which is cool but they don't really get the chance to do you know much else right um and so uh we thought you know why don't we hold a formal and uh and all of our awards can be given out there and we wanted all the athletes to know that they are achieving something they're doing something and and you know that's that positive reinforcement of you put in hard work for a year and so um we gave every single athlete that came along received an award for being an athlete that was what it was just being a flying kiwi athlete in 2020 and they got their little trophy and they got their little certificate you can see there and uh, they all individually got their own chance to step up on the stage and they're up elevated above everyone and everyone's sitting down in their chairs, all dressed to the nines, huge round of applause and cheering and whoops. And, and we had 40 athletes there. So the, the audience had to do it 40 times, but <laughs> the athletes, majority of them are all known by the crowd. It was genuine. There was nothing right. put on all were so happy for all the athletes and they were so, um, you know, excited that, you know, to see them and, and some of the reactions are just beautiful, you know, big Tommy, that's, that's a Tommy turbo just there. Um, you know, the, the poor guy can be very, very shy and, you know, run away from everything when we're at strong hearts and stuff. And, uh, when we said, you know, big Tommy, you know, he just came charging up and he's, bouncing and his hands are in the air and he was whooping and he was just clapping himself and and the whole and you should have heard the crowd there just they're Aww. yelling screaming they loved it you know and and seeing you know the the little shy guy just animate as he did you know it really showed yep yeah, the, the crowd works the 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 reinforcement the the beauty of the whole night was paying off you know so we were really really stoked to be able to pull it off and and you know, young guys like Tom getting to have their their chance in the spotlight to know that they they mean something. You know, they have significance. You know, yeah, that is beautiful, beautiful. and such a an, a wonderful thing. So you have mentioned several times throughout this interview today, strong hearts, and it just because I saw the screen there. Tell us about your strong hearts foundation, and while you're doing that, 
I am actually going to, um, at one point, I know I was able to find a Strong Hearts page, um, and I'm not sure how I came across it. So I'm going to try to find that while you're <laughs> telling about the foundation so that I can show it again. Okay. Yeah, sure. Um, so uh, long story short, uh, a while ago, we started doing special needs powerlifting. We heard that there was such a thing as special Olympic powerlifting. We thought, hey, that's really cool. We'd love to do that. And so uh, I started looking after a bunch of the athletes, teaching them to bench press, deadlift. And uh, in doing so, I approached Special Olympics to see if there was any way we could have an Australian uh, representative uh, go over to the World Games to represent Australia, obviously, um, at Special Olympic powerlifting. And unfortunately, we were turned down, not because we had done anything wrong, but the sports never existed in oh. Australia before. So it's never actually had any sort of, um, I, I guess, uh, yeah, that's us. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's on Patreon. That's where it is. Um, and so, uh, we've never really had, uh, we've never had any sort of representation because there's no system. There's no competition structure inside Australia. And so, um, I thought, okay, well, if we can't go to worlds, I just, I'll have my own federation and competition, you know, how hard could it be? And I was so wrong. There's so much. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, but we decided to run our first powerlifting meet, which was called the flying Kiwi cup. And uh, we, we named it the Flying Kiwi Cup. And it was basically just a novice competition. Didn't matter how much you were lifting. Didn't matter, you know, about rules and things like that. It was just if you move the bar, cool. You know, white lights or green lights and, and you're away. Um, and in doing so, we, we got picked up a lot. Uh, we had a lot of um, people supporting us. And we had so many volunteers on the first day. We had nearly double the volunteers as what we did athletes because they all just thought it was really cool and they just wanted to get joined in. And, uh, and so we, we ran, uh, the first day and, and it started getting to the point where, um, you know, people were asking when's the next competition. So we, uh, went through special Olympics. They, they thought it was a great idea getting powerlifting going. And so we moved powerlifting forward, uh, into, uh, what's called the, um, IPF. I don't know if you've heard of the IPF international powerlifting federation. So oh. there's an arm of, that's like the international kind of, uh, board of okay. powerlifting of the sport and they basically look after the olympics or the special olympics and the paralympics is oh yeah i believe they look after the paralympics too um and so in doing so um we got in touch with them to try and make things happen and try and have the sport exist inside australia in a representative state so it basically just meant that we had a way to get in and qualify at a local level and then a way to qualify up another level at the state level and then again at the national level and then after qualifying in a national capacity against other states, you know, uh, ACT and New South Wales and Victoria, that we could have an elected team that earned the proper right to go to the World Special Olympic Games. Got it. Now, unfortunately, to do all that, it cost a lot of money and it was, um, you know, not like for the athletes. And uh, it was something that we couldn't really uh, f fix I guess, uh, without kind of putting in some of our money. So I decided to start a not-for-profit uh, organization, uh, which in Australia just means a business that just operates without profit, basically. Yep. So I just, I don't get paid. I guess we just kind of put money in. Um, and uh, so I started not-for-profit, started doing a bit of fundraising and, and we had a lot of pickup really, really fast. And uh, then, yeah, I think it was, uh, and that was to help fundraise for, young people with disability or young people, all abilities to be able to access sport and recreation programs. Um, you know, not just powerlifting, but uh, 
you know, powerlifting is just the world Ironman, and so that's just what's mm -hmm. currently receiving. And um, it, yeah, in doing so, it basically just meant that we could try and you know start putting more money towards the athletes. And uh, last year, roughly this time last year, I think uh, we ended up actually getting uh, recognized as a fully blown charity, uh, which basically just means that we can be. Uh, a recipient from a large business and we can be a tax write-off for them. They can get what's called a gift recipient receipt. Mm -hmm. And uh, to get charity status is very, very hard. I've got some awesome people that help, you know, work alongside us to make it all happen. Um, but that was basically how we started the charity. And uh, the basis of it is basically to help fund uh, young people with all abilities to access sport and recreation programs and in big brackets and, and big parentheses or whatever they're called. Um, we want to get the first ever Australian Special Olympic powerlifting team to represent us at Worlds, uh, the World Special Olympic Games, which is uh, 2023 in Berlin. Okay. So um, that's uh, that's the whole story of, of the charity. Um, but yeah, it's uh, that's the goal. That's the lofty goal. I think you can achieve it. So what are the so if um, if people wanted to support you from here in the United States, they could just go to this page and they could just choose a level yeah if they'd like to i mean uh we have the patreon which allows for um you know uh donation on like a monthly basis so you know for less than the cost of a, of a coffee a month you can help support all the athletes to try and get to the world special Olympic games um if subscribing to things is not your thing obviously for plenty of people you know they can be very much hard you know hard done by in terms of cash Right. Um, you know, we never expect anything, but, you know, if you want to make a one-off donation, you can also donate via um, uh, GoFundMe page oh. that we do have. I can send okay. you the link to that if you like. Oh, if you Google GoFundMe um, Strong Hearts Foundation, I'm sure you'd find it. Okay. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's all that in there. But basically, yeah, by subscribing to the Patreon, uh, you kind of become one of our Flying Kiwi sidekicks. You know, you really help all of our little superheroes do their thing. And... Uh, it basically just means that we can, um, uh, you know, it, it kind of builds us a little bit of an income, uh, mm -hmm. but what we try and do uh, in order to really make people feel a part of it is we have uh, a, uh, sorry, a documentary being filmed at the moment. So that's Matt, yeah. he's our videographer, and uh, we're currently being filmed for a documentary. And if you support us on Patreon, uh, we will pop you in the end credits of the documentary. Oh, nice. Um, and, and, you know, give you a proper recognition for, you know, being a, being a flying Kiwi sidekick, help, helping us out. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's awesome. So, um, so you've got the video, the documentary going on, and then um, you've got, here we have Matt and Michael and Emily. So is this Emily who had the birthday? That is Emily. Yeah, her birthday. Okay. I had it this morning at the gym as well. So okay. she's probably that's on my Instagram story somewhere. Yeah, that's why I was, I thought when I had read this the other day that it was Emily. So that's kind of why I was taking a little extra time there to, uh, to, to reread that. So, well, thank you um, for telling us about that. And hopefully um, somebody will, will pick it up and uh, want to be a sponsor level and help that process go forward for you. And um, that, that's awesome. So we've talked about the gym. We've talked about the strong hearts foundation. Um, is there anything that we've not talked about today that you 
would like to share. Um, so in case anybody hasn't put it together, the, uh, the I talked about you supporting in more than the metaphorical ways that, you know, you're supporting, literally supporting these athletes and in, in how to, like I talked about how to stand, you know, how to, to hold the bar. Um, I, I love watching you on Instagram with your, your clients because you, you genuinely look like you mentioned before that you have the best job in the world. You genuinely look like that in the videos <laughs> and in the pictures. Um, well, like you do. It's cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and that's, that's why it's so fun to follow you and just to see what you're doing. Um, and I, I kind of feel like I know some of the people because, you know, they, they tend like the, the gentleman um, that you it's, I think it's Jeep and Prius. It, what are the two different vehicles that, um, oh, yes, yeah, uh, a Corolla, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's from this, so, okay, yeah. Deep in a Corolla, yeah, yeah, with young Jamie. Yeah, um, <laughs> and, and just seeing, seeing the banter that you have with your, your clientele and um, watching them play the, the different games, the large group activities, the, um, I forget what it's called now, but uh, I guess they have to, like, call out colors or call oh, out names. Oh, Red Rover. Oh yeah, okay. That's, Red that's, Rover. I call yeah. it. Yeah, it's Bull Rush. Red Rover. I'm not sure what it's called in the states. No, it's called Red Rover. So, well, kind yeah. of. Uh, we have a Red Rover, yes. but I think maybe the style, the format of how it's done is a little bit different. Yeah, it's but, not tackle. It's just tag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, might be different. I don't know. You guys probably have like an NFL version where everyone's <laughs> armored up and uh, flattened to the floor. Well, when I was in school, it was Red Rover, Red Rover, send so-and-so right over. And so we'd have to, you'd, you'd call somebody's uh -huh. name from the opposite team. And then that person would have to run as fast as they could and try to break the arm hold between you and the person next to you. Oh, yes. So that's, that's what I'm thinking of, at least when I think Red Rover. Maybe other people in the audience have a different version. Of yeah. No, no, no. You're right. So uh, we have... Uh, so Red Rover, when I grew up, so I actually grew up in New Zealand and I moved here when I was 15, but I think Red Rover in New Zealand was the same thing. Uh, but then we had also Bull Rush and Bull Rush was just pick you and they just got to run and you got to try and tag them. And then Bull Rush is everyone gets to run. You got to, and then if anyone else has been tagged with you, they now turn and face the other people. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, so it, it becomes it's pretty wild, pretty fast. But yeah, we can't do the um, the the run through the line thing because we'll probably snap some arms. Yeah, you know, Emily will just put her head down and just <laughs> flatten flatten through some people's arms, and yeah, or Emily will put her arm up and just clothesline someone. Yeah, as they run through. No, at the floor. And some of the things that that I did in PE when I was growing up. Um, are not allowed anymore in in PE in schools because yeah. like Red Rover being one of them, yeah, people yeah. were getting hurt. Uh, yeah. Dodgeball, where you take the the you can't the, do dodgeball anymore. No, we're not. No, not the way I used to have to play it. At least um, I think they have versions now where instead of trying to get people out, uh, you have like they'll put pins up, like bowling pins, um, and you have to try to knock the pin down instead of aiming at a person. Um, so there's a little bit more strategy. Yeah, I know. How lame is that? <laughs> Aim for the head. <laughs> right. If you I can mean, dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. It, well, but that's the problem. We can't all dodge a wrench, apparently. So <laughs> we weren't uh, dodging okay. the ball. Oh, oh dear. Yeah. 
uh, people oh, were dear. getting hurt. Um, yeah, there's, I, I'm, as I said, my daughter's 21, so I'm a lot older than you. So some of the things that I did, you know, I look back now and think, well, it's just a miracle that my generation survived. <laughs> <laughs> Compared to the things that, that your generation does now that, you know, we're like, well, we didn't wear helmets. We didn't wear padding. We yeah. just, we just did the things, you know? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm sorry, I asked you the question and then I didn't give you the chance to answer. Is there anything else that you would like to share um, that we haven't already? Um, no, not really. Um, I mean, I told a few of my friends I was doing this tonight and they were asking me, are you nervous? And I was like, no, I just like talking and, and, and sharing the story of the athletes, um, you know, and just kind of however that flows is, is how it flows. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I really like that. You know, I, I think it's it's a good natural conversation. Um, I mean, obviously I kind of understand um, you know, your your job and role. Um like how far away are you from like the the perfect version of of your job and role? How far away are you from that uh, you know, that perfectly diarized out week that you just imagine that you want to have like is that pretty close for you now is that you know is that a couple of years down the the track like um it, it's always interesting hearing um the side of the story of of the enjoyment of of where people are at and and how far they want to push that envelope and and if they i guess from my perspective if they really enjoy what they're doing maybe they don't need the growth however if they enjoy what they're doing because they love helping people, then at what stage does their bar of expectation change for how many people they help versus their own enjoyment levels dropping because of the added stress of running more things, more people, you know what I mean? Like how far away are you from where you think you might be the, the perfect version? I, I really don't know. Um, I've just been doing this, this particular format specifically for a few months. Um, and I've been um, an education consultant for just a few years. So, I mean, I, I still have lots of growth, I think. Um, I'm, I'm thinking years down the way before things are to, uh, my, my logo is making the world better for all one IEP at a time, one individualized education plan at a time. Mm. Um, and so, you know, I, I've, I feel like I've already made the world better just because I've been able to help one family, but mm. I want to continue that. You know, I don't want there to be these limits that society places on people who learn differently. Um, and, and when I mention limits, I don't mean physical that, you know, somebody is saying, stop, you, you, you can't do that. It's the, it's the, the idea that, you know, somebody in a wheelchair is going to always be in a wheelchair or, you know, somebody who um, has an accident isn't ever going to be able to, to deadlift, you know, it's just those thought processes. Um, mm -hmm. And I think the idea came from myself because like I said, I had placed limits on people who learn differently when I was younger. And um, I realized that that was wrong of me to do. And I am hoping to change other people's perspectives as well, you know, by doing this, um, by encouraging people to get to know everyone around them, 
um, mm. no matter what those differences are. Um, I've written a book. Um, it just came out recently. Um, and in the book, it's the same thing. It's nine true stories of families who were told you can't um, mm. and had, had limits placed upon them and they've, they've bust through those limits. So um, yeah, I, and yeah, as far as my, and then as my own personal life and my daily life, I don't work out. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Don't tell. <laughs> oh, yeah. I can't do much from Australia. So you're, <laughs> you're like 15 time zones behind us. Yeah. Yeah. And a really, really long plane flight. So yes, 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 we are. Um, and thanks to our dumb state that, that I live in, we actually do the, uh, the, uh, we, we changed our time in October. So initially when I reached out to you, I was 15 hours difference. Now I'm 16 hours difference. Um, oh, you guys have been Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, yeah not- we did daylight savings too. Except, oh, I'm sorry, I apologize. Queensland doesn't have daylight savings because, get this, the entirety of Australia has daylight savings. So all six states or whatever, aside okay. from Queensland, wait, six states? I oh, know, I'm not Australian. Um, but uh, they all have daylight savings. And we don't because apparently having daylight savings time is going to... Um, it's going to screw with the cow's milking schedule because there's lots of farmland uh, in uh-huh. outback Queensland. And so uh, so we don't get it. So every other state goes through daylight savings except Queensland because of the cows. Hmm. That's what and- one, one politician decided apparently. And that's why we don't have it. So it's actually, it'd be better for us to have daylight savings, um, but we don't. So there's like one town... Uh, about an hour and a bit south of us and they have the uh, state line goes directly through the center of the town so if you're on one side of the street your pub might close an hour early you have to no. cross the road it's so silly i i don't even know how they deal with it oh <laughs> yeah and like there's daylight savings time in new zealand you know and and i'm so used to it but yeah you don't get it in queensland so yeah yeah and so, that's d- funny yeah. that it's the cows because my understanding of why the United States started daylight savings is because of farmers um, trying to get their work done and that they were losing their daylight during harvest time. And so they, they wanted to have that earlier sunrise. Um, I I don't really understand all the, the whole logic behind it, but uh, yeah, but we do have a, a, I think um, I want to say there are a couple of States that don't, change their clocks um but we we kind of have similar i mean because of we have uh five different time zones in the united states i think so um in the state that i'm in illinois the the states um that border the east of us um they're in the eastern time zone and so if you live kind of on the eastern side of illinois you could drive 10 minutes and you're in a, you've all of a sudden jumped an hour ahead. Oh. So, yeah, kind of like. With your Google Maps, hey. Yeah. How long have I been driving? Exactly. It just yeah. seems like I just got on the road and it's already an hour later. Yeah, I blinked and I didn't think that red light was that long. Uh, <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 
Well, Michael, thank you so much for joining me. Um, I don't, I, I could sit and talk to you all day long, but um, <laughs> I know, I know it's, you know, getting close to your bedtime there and you probably need to go have some ice cream yet for that before. I do. I'm <laughs> so again, thank you for joining me and thank you for being a member of the hashtag no limits, providing support for those who learn differently and helping them bust through those limits. Um, if you watch this video today, uh, please like it, please subscribe if you've watched it on YouTube. And if you have any questions um, about Michael or about my services, Shelly Kino Education Consultant, um, please drop them in the chat. I will make sure that Michael gets any questions to him and I will answer my questions. Um, any, any special way that you say goodbye or anything fun that you do? I wish I could think of the Wiggles way yeah. to say goodbye. <laughs> uh, I, oh, I can't remember how the Wiggles say goodbye, but mine, whenever we had all the Zoom sessions, was um, okay. give me a high five. Oh, and nice. Now, now a fist bump. No, okay. Now an elbow. Right. Ahead. Yeah. And a headbutt. Oh, gee. <laughs> that was how we said goodbye. Oh, so that was perfect. Five, fist bump, elbow and headbutt. And then some of the guys tried doing it when we were back at the gym and it didn't really work out well. Yeah, I would think yeah, the headbutt especially, especially would not be good. Yeah, they still like the old bro hugs. Come in, big hug and stuff. So it's yeah. nice. Yeah. So yeah, thank you so much for having me. It means the world. Yeah. It's it's cool to tune in with someone on the other side of the planet and still hear that um the value of we are actually here for our clientele and to try and make it a bit of a better place for them. It's beautiful to hear. So thank you so much yeah. for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Bye everybody. Thank you. Catch you later, guys.